Thank you for listening to the Hillsview Men's Ministry. We are a group of men building relationships to equip and encourage each other. I was struggling with this message a little bit again, not knowing that this is uh, the right message for me and for this group and for this time and for it to be coming from me. And I was walking through Canyon Lake a couple weeks ago with my boys. <clears throat> praying about it, thinking about it, watching the boys fish, and I stopped on this spot, but below the spillway, and I was just watching the water, watching the boys fish, and I'm looking for guidance and direction and confirmation, I guess, from God, and at one point I just simply turned around and faced this direction, and I kind of got my confirmation, pardon me. It's kind of an emotional moment for me that day. I don't know if you can see it yet, but uh, it comes into view when you zoom in a little bit. You zoom in a little more. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> Maybe exactly what I'm feeling is exactly... And I took one step this way, like that, and I couldn't see it anymore. I took one step the other way, and it was behind the trees again. It's like, I, from where I was standing, I turned around, and that's what I saw. It's like, God speaks to us in crazy ways, in amazing, powerful, simple, simple ways sometimes, I believe, if we uh, are, have our eyes open to it and our, our mind open to it. So that was my confirmation that I was probably doing and saying the right thing. So I hope you all get a little something out of this this morning. Several months ago, Mr. Rempel, did he leave already? There he is. David Rempel spoke here several months ago, and this kind of reminded me of a, a way to open this up today. You know, so much of what he said that day I don't even remember, but there was one thing that came out of it that day for me that stuck, and it was something simple and kind of small and irrelevant, but maybe it made a really big difference. And he was talking about immunity and stuff. And you, you brought up vitamins. You were talking about vitamin D3. You remember that? And that was the one thing out of that whatever else good you said in that talk that day that stuck with me. I've got to take vitamin D3 for my immune system, okay? So I hope that you guys all, I hope everybody gets at least some one little thing out of this today. And I, I bring that up because I started taking vitamin D3. We talked about it in church a little bit. I confirmed it was D1, 2, 3, 4. What, what I need to take, David? And he confirmed for, for me, take, take 1,000 IEU or whatever, IU of D3, and uh, it, it boosts your immune system. So I added that to my regimen. Several weeks after that, whether this is even relevant or not, I don't know and we'll never know, okay? I get sick, and I get a cold, and then I'm... Even worse, and I'm laying out on the couch for two days, all weekend long, Monday. I thought, man, I think I could go back to work. But I don't know what this whole COVID thing, what's going on, right? I don't think I have COVID, but I'm not going to take any chances. I'll stay home today. Tuesday comes along. You know what? I'll stay home one more day because I can. I don't want to put anybody at risk, whatever that risk even is. You know, we don't know. So I stayed home one more day, and by Tuesday night, I am 100%. Wednesday morning, I get up ready to go to work, 100%. Go to work that day. Thursday morning, 
I'm really rolling. I'm feeling good now again, completely over this. And I get up, put my deodorant on, slap on my app, my cologne. Man, that's some strong stuff, and I can't even smell it. That's weird. <laughs> I think I might have had COVID. And I think there's a really good chance of it. I think David Rempel saved my life. <laughs> Not really. I mean, that's taking it to the extreme. But that one little thing that I got out of that message, and I applied, may have helped me if I had COVID. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But that's what I got out of that message that day. That's what I took with it. So thank you, David, for that. So I hope what I'm saying is I hope you all have one little thing maybe that you can get out of this today that saves your life yeah. or something. So good morning again. How are you all doing? What time is it, Jim? Uh, that's, yeah, we better get going. That was my intro. Um, last month, I shared with you a little bit about my journey and my testimony and some of the things I've learned on the way to here. The funny thing is, the further that I go on my journey, the more that I see I have a lot more to learn and understand about this journey and this journey with Christ. I have a lot to learn and much more to understand. And this reminds me of something that Pastor Ron quoted in church last Sunday in his sermon, and it was uh, Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, press on toward the goal and win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. That says to me, I'm not there yet, but I want to get there and I'm going that direction. In a nutshell, whatever that is and whatever that is in store. Um, now, I believe there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge and experience in this room with you men here today. <clears throat> and in the name of growing together today, I'm going to ask to hear your thoughts and seek your guidance and perspective on what I have to say today when I'm finished. And so to give you the heads up, the spe specific question that I want to ask you and pose to you is this. How then shall we do it? it, whatever it is, and do it right. And what is right? I do believe there's only one right answer to this question, and I believe that if we get that part of it right, everything else will fall into place and where it does. So last month, I shared with you all that I felt like I was hearing, I shared with you, the message that I felt like I was hearing in my life a few years ago, and that was just simply to do better, to get better in every day and in every way, and uh, to stop spending time in indolence and rededicate the life uh, that I was living to do, just doing better in general. And that was from the Meriwether Lewis quote that I read to you out of his book, too. Um, last month, I also shared with you the time I spent working for my old boss and friend named Dick. If you weren't here last time, I went to work for a man on a power line crew when I was 17, and he had a pet saying that he would scream and holler to everyone when they were messing up or just not performing the job the way he wanted it done. And that phrase was simply to use it, don't abuse it. And I heard that so many times in so many ways and so many tones from him 
it got ingrained in my mind and kind of in my spirit, if you will. It's simply, <clears throat> I went on to, sh let's see, t -t 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 in my mind, through that process and getting to know Dick more, um, I simply started to try, to try to define the word it in that saying that I heard so many times from Dick, and it was, you know, in, in use it, don't abuse it. In my mind, I started to develop, what does it exactly mean? What is it, and what could it mean, and what could it be for me, and what could it be for others, for anyone, ever, anywhere? And the five it's I came up with are very, pretty simple it's, if you will. And he always pointed his head like this when he said that to me. Use it, don't abuse it. Use your head was the main thing. So that's one of them. That's the first one. Use your head. And then it's our time, our money, our bodies, and collectively our gifts, talents, and abilities. Those are the, the five simple ways I defined the word it in my mind. And I started uh, thinking about that. And this is 20-some years ago or more, you know. And I, I, it was just always been in my mind and in my spirit. And I started writing things down and taking notes. And there's a, this is the first time I've really shared any of this with, with anyone in the last two times that I've spoke here. I just felt like it was time to uh, share my thoughts with people. So uh, let's examine a few ways that we can use the things that God has given us in a manner that's pleasing to him and honoring to him. Uh, first of all, using your head. What you put in, you get out, right? What we read, what we believe, and what we view has a lot to do with how we act. Uh, we as Christians need to be careful of what we put into our minds, don't we? Because there is so much garbage and trash out there and accessible to us all, anywhere, all the time. We have to be very cautious of what comes in to our mind. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the truth and the lies that we see, and it's hard to decipher what is real from what is deceiving. When we get to that point, I find it comforting to have something that we can turn to to fill our minds with truth. Our Bible is the only true source of truth. In fact, everything else is opinion. In fact, this is opinion because it's me talking today. And maybe I'm wrong. Unless I'm quoting this, I could be wrong, and I guess that goes for all of us to some extent, maybe. Unless we're talking straight out of this, it may not be the truth. So as far as our time goes, I have a... <clears throat> use your time. Use it. Ron's analogy on Sunday for time allotted to us was pretty good with the reams of paper. I have another visual for you. I have an old neighbor friend who's now 80 years old named Doc. I lived next door to Doc and his wife Darlene for 10 years. And the hardest part about our family moving a few years ago is leaving Doc and Darlene behind. But Doc is still a great friend and a great fishing buddy to me. And one of the things that he told me in his infinite wisdom one time was this. He said, Jeb, life isn't much more than a roll of toilet paper. He said, the older you get... <laughs> the faster it goes. And you get the point, right? In the, in, the, in the sake of saving time here, 
Where's the young man at? Where's that young? Come on up here, kiddo. Can you help me with this? It's not sheets of paper. Take this. Would you take the broomstick? Go on over there. Whoops. It goes faster the closer we get to the end. Doesn't it? You gonna clean this all up? <laughs> I don't know how this visual would have worked for you up there, Ron. <laughs> the faster, the further it goes, the older you get. There you go. You get the point. The faster it goes, right? You get down to the. And I'll add to that, this is my own wisdom. Nobody ever likes to run out of toilet paper. <laughs> uh, so you get the point. Thank you, sir. Enough said on time. We need to use our time wisely. Um, using our money. He says, I don't want to turn this into a financial class. Um, there's a pretty good one that we've been doing here at the church called Financial Peace the last couple of years. Um, if you'd like to d dive deeper into this part of things, we can do that in the future, possibly when we do another class. But uh, a basic principle that I agree with Dave Ramsey on is this. It's simply that our money, it truly is all just his, and we are merely managers of it for him. Uh, <laughs> I was going to tell a story about Dave Ramsey. When he was uh, first coming to be a, become a Christian, was introduced to to Christianity and um, the Word, and he became a Christian in his 20s as he was on his way down in his financial um, crash, if you will, before he turned his business around. He met God on the way down, he says. After he had had success, he did things wrong, met God on the way down before he started moving back up and doing what he did the right way, God's principles, way, God's way through the Bible. But in that process, he talked about when he first became familiar with the term of tithing, and he was first introduced to that, and he was being coached and guided, and he says, 10%, uh, supposed to give 10% to the church. He says, that's a pretty good deal for you, he said. <laughs> but he says, in that process, he says that jokingly, but in that process, he grew, and he came to understand that, God, he says, God doesn't need my money. He says, if God needed my money and God wanted my money, he would take it. And he says, there'd be nothing but a greasy spot left where I was sitting. But what he came to realize about money and tithing and giving is it's not about the money that's given, but it's about what happens to you in here, spiritually and personally, when you give. And that's what God wants us to experience. He doesn't want us to give our money to whatever for whatever. He just wants us to have that spiritual experience of what it's all about to give. It's better to give than to receive. There's so much wisdom in that and, and truth in that, too. And, you know, I could talk a little bit more on that, but that's the basic principle of it. Um, using our money wisely and... Uh, to God's glory. The last two, using our body. Our body has been said to be a temple. And a lot goes the same for our bodies as for our minds. What you put in, you get out, right? 
Not always. Uh, you put good nutritious food in, along with vitamins, healthy dose of exercise, and you're going to be in tip-top shape, just like that, right? Well, we should be, right? We can do all those things within our power and get excellent results, right? Or we can do all those things and get cancer. Kind of out of our control, isn't it? We don't know. We can try to do everything just right. But if that's not God's plan, it ain't going to happen. Sometimes God's plan is not our plan. How about, let's talk about using our gifts and talents and abilities. We're all given gifts and talents from God. Agreed? Romans 12, 6, 8 says we have different gifts according to the grace given to us each. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encourage. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Whatever the gifts, talents, and abilities are that we are given, if we don't use them, I truly believe that we're abusing them and we're wasting them. Neither of which is what God wants us to do with what he's given us. So for me, it means to seek out what our true gifts, talents, and abilities are, and then use them also for his glory. That kind of closes that segment, and I want to go into the last ending uh, segment of this, and it kind of it, it brings, I'm going to share with you uh, about my experience in 2020 with my running challenge that me and a friend did together. But uh, to, to intro into that, I'm going to say, so here we are all, men, all of us. We have some common traits that I believe men commonly share, just because of the fact that we're men. Typically, we are doers, we are builders, we are fixers. We are competitive and like to win. We like to achieve, we like to pursue, we like to go after things. We like to be challenged in different ways. I, I see, you know, like insert Tim Allen grunts right here, right? You guys remember tool time? Tool time. You know that? Do you guys, can you relate to that as men? Nods. What do you ask for? Nods. Early service. Amen. Nods. Amens. Okay. <laughs> I think we all have some of that in our spirit. Age and maturity can have different effects on some of these traits and characteristics, but I think we all understand what I'm talking about. And are these bad things? Maybe sometimes. Maybe not. But when are they okay? And when are they not? And we'll get back to that in just a minute. But. In the spirit of doing something and accomplishing something, I want to share with you about the challenge that I set for myself last year in 2020. My friend David and I had been reconnecting somewhat over the past couple of years, and we realized that we had a lot in common in the way we thought, and we also realized that we had one thing in common that we, we both shared in common, and that was we both liked to run a lot. And um, we started talking about our running goals for 2020. 
So in talking about that and discussing it, I came to understand that David ran 1,400 and some odd miles in 2019. And he'd also done an Ironman competition about 10 years ago. So he's kind of a fit dude. Uh, for your information, if you're not familiar, an Ironman is uh, a 2.4-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bike race, followed by a marathon. And you do that in an afternoon, right? And David's kind of a sick man. He told me, he says, after that race, he says, I was kind of disappointed in myself. He says, why? He says, well, honestly, after all that training and all that intensity and doing it and going through the process, I felt like I had something left in the tank when I got done and I could have done better. Because <laughs> you need help, man. <laughs> Anybody that feels that. But I kind of, it kind of gives you the mindset of the type of person that, that he is. He, he doesn't like to leave anything in the tank, if you will. So I'd been running regularly for about 10 years, had a couple half marathons under my belt and uh, ran just shy of 400 miles in 2019. So uh, he had a lot more on me, but for uh, 2020, we decided to collectively make it a goal, and this was my idea. It just came out of my mouth one day. I said, why don't we run 20, 000, why don't we run 20, 20 miles together collectively this year in the name of the year 2020, and we can call it the I Can See Clearly Now year. So the idea, and I'm like, as I'm saying this, this is dumb. <laughs> so we're going to run 20, 20 miles collectively, 1,010 each. And call it, I can see clearly now you're in its 2020. Well, we all know how 2020 turned out. There wasn't much to be seen clearly in 2020, but with COVID, with everything, it's kind of hard to uh, see anything clearly at times, it seemed like. But I started thinking about it too much and just about weasel out of that challenge before January 1 with a list of excuses and why I shouldn't do it. But on January 1, I lay in bed on, at 4.50 in the morning with my phone vibrated on the bedstand, and I just knew who it was. And uh, it was David. He says, Jeb, I just finished my first 5K of the year. Let's do this. Believe. Let's go. <laughs> All right, now i got to get up. I'm committed, I guess. I, I texted back immediately. All right, here we go. I'm on it. We are doing this. And I got up and ran three miles on the treadmill. And while I was running that morning, I had these thoughts. I felt like the Holy Spirit talked to me a lot over that year while I was running. But that morning, that, this verse came to my mind while running, and it was, write the vision and make it plain. I'm like, write the vision and make it plain. Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? So as soon as I got off the treadmill, I started tweaking and adding to my spreadsheet I was going to need to make it plain what I was going to do and where I was at in my progress for the year on a daily basis. So I got the spreadsheet built and cleaned up and where I wanted it to be so I could track the progress. And then I looked up the verse, write the vision and make it plain. Anybody know where that's at? It's kind of a Habakkuk 2 2. I'm like, ah, yes. And also, and when I looked up Habakkuk 2 2, I found that it finished like this. It says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. <laughs> wow. That was kind of cool, I thought. I had no idea. The part of making it plain consisted of understanding what I had to do every day 
and in every day, day in and day out, to achieve what we were laying out to do. It turned out that I only had to run 2.8 miles per day to reach that goal of 1,010 miles. Well, that isn't too tough, I thought, at a 10-minute pace. That's only 30 minutes a day. All of a sudden, my big goal was looking a little more achievable once it was broken down into smaller chunks. At this point, I also decided to make Philippians 4.13 my motto verse for that year. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, because I was really going to need all the help that I could get. And let me tell you, me and God had some pretty good talks while we were running together that year. So we were off, and then I set some sub-goals to go along with 1,010 miles. I made it a goal to run every day, run a sub-21 minute three-mile, run a half marathon and do it under two hours flat by the end of the year, which would have been an improvement over my previous best time of 209.58, and to track it all in every day. And so this is what that tracking looked like. And I'll just show you my spreadsheet. And I wouldn't probably be sharing this with you other than I think it just kind of, this is, uh, <clears throat> some numbers at the end just went boom. Wow. So this is what my run log looked like. Here's my distance. I, I split it up every day. Here's my dates, a.m. and p.m. I ran three miles that first morning. I ran three miles again that night. I'm off to a pretty good start, okay? I'm ahead of schedule. Time. Tracking our time. We're tracking our pace. Running average pace year to date in this column, plus or minus miles, plus or minus days ahead of schedule. I think when you set a big goal, you need to track it. You need to understand where you're at all the time in the process so you can know where you're at, what you need to do. Are you doing what you need to be doing to do it, to, 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 be late, what you're, to achieve what you're laying out there to do? And over the period of a year, this was kind of a big deal, and this really helped me do that. I made some comments along the way. Everywhere you see a, uh, a gold line, that was where I set a new personal record in a certain distance or something like that. I did make it a goal to, to run absolutely every day. Um, I did achieve the goal of sub running a sub-21 sub minute three mile, and that was on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Actually, I did it with David at um, Lead. We went and ran the Mickelson Trail for three miles, and... It was downhill, so that helped a lot. <laughs> Smoked my old record, but I actually did it in 2004 for three miles. And it was fun to be able to do that with him. He was still ahead of me, too. <laughs> he's, uh, he's good. He's fast. And he's skinny, too. I mean, he's a little guy. I, mean, he, I carry way more weight than he does. But anyways, that's between me and him. So I'm going through here, and I'm making notes here and there, you know, different places that I ran, different experiences that I had. It's kind of, it was kind of fun to just keep track of it and go back through it and, and you know, at Veronics I ran at the river, up in the, down the river country in the river hills, there I had a bad cold, but I ran anyway, blah, blah. And all these things were going through my mind before setting this goal, you know, what if I get sick? What if this happens? What if that, what if I go hunting for a week and in the mountains and how am I going to, you know, do, achieve this doing it every day? And, you know, it all worked out in the end. I didn't. There was a max heart rate of 184. That was a hard run that day. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, this is for my records, but I get to the very end. 
How's my mileage for the year? Here's 316. Those things just really struck me. Like, wow, that was my, my motto for the year. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why I share this with you. It's not to, sh to brag about my running. I'm kind of an idiot, and it hurt like heck <laughs> for quite a while. After December 1st or 31st, I quit running for uh, several days to quote-unquote heal. But that was powerful. That spoke to me. So I felt like I was supposed to maybe share it, and for whatever reason, I don't know, it became part of this. <laughs> so the question is, How then shall we do it, and whatever it is, if it's this, or whatever we're chasing, whatever we're trying to do, achieve, how do we do it, and how do we do it right? Whatever it is that we're doing, as maybe man, this is where I'd like to ask for your input. I think I know the answer, but I'd like to know some of your thoughts. How do we achieve and do it right? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Anybody want to share? Anybody have any thoughts? Or would you like me to tell you what I think? I know the answer, I believe, and I bet you all do too, even though you're sitting there not saying anything. That's okay. Um, I believe the answer is to do this and, be, and do this only. The only way we should chase or achieve anything is while abiding in Christ while we do it. And let it be him through us doing it. And sometimes it doesn't appear that way. But I think it should if we're doing it right. So I told you I made Philippians 4.13 my motto verse for the year 2020 while I was running a lot. And I believe that to be true, but I also believe the inverse of it to be true. If, uh, Philippians, if, if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the inverse of that in my mind would be, I can do nothing without Christ. So if we are abiding in Christ, if, excuse me, if we are not abiding in Christ, we're going to call it a you problem. It's a me problem. Because if we are not abiding in Christ, in whatever it is that we are doing, we are trying to play God. Does that sound familiar? There was two sermons packed into one sentence right there. Yeah, that's uh, right out of the book of James recently. Um, Pastor Ron spoke on uh, in the series Practice Makes Perfect. Playing God was the question in one sermon. And what was the other one? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's a you problem. It's a you problem, right? Thank you. It's been a, uh, <clears throat> what a, so I said right here, and my thoughts were, what a great time for a study of the book of James. 
It's been a time of growth and reflection for me personally. How about you? Thank you, Ron and Wes, for your work in that great series on the book of James. And in closing, I just have to say that uh, I think we can do some pretty awesome things as long as we are abiding in Christ and letting him do the, the work through us. It's okay to have dreams and goals and challenges and mountains to climb in our sights if only, and only if these things are in alignment with what God, God's will is for us in our lives. And if we're letting him guide our steps along the way in the minute-by-minute minute and hour-by-hour hour segments of our day-to-day -day lives in a manner in which others can see him through us. I believe that is when I believe that when others can see him through us in our day-to-day -day lives, that is when we are truly abiding in him, and that simply and that may be simply all we are called to do. So how am I doing? You may ask, as I have a lot to learn and a long way to grow. How are you doing? Amen.